Good morning, everybody. Uh, thanks, Bruce, for the introduction. Um, so yeah, like Bruce said, we're um, talking about teach uh, being teachable today. So um, <clears throat> we're continuing the, the series called Sharpened that uh, Barry started last week. So we're looking at the topic of fellowship. And in the Bible, we see that um, people are like tools that God gives us to sharpen, um, to sharpen us. So Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. So God really designed us to live life together with other people. And we can have a positive sharpening impact on each other. And the more I've grown in relationships with people at church, the body of Christ, I really have learned that fellowship is really important to God. And in particular, there's a lot that we can learn from one another. Uh, throughout my 20s, I've really accumulated a lot more responsibilities. I've gotten married, I've had kids, so I'm responsible for my house, anything that breaks, my cars, things that need to get built. And to be successful in handling all of the growing complexity of life, I don't have time to just figure out everything by trial and error. I have, though, learned a lot from YouTube University. <laughs> so I'm sure everybody you know, has a problem and they hop on YouTube and they can find it right away. And honestly, this is, this is kind of how I passed college. I mean, I went to classes and I listened to the professors, but really, 90% of the learning came from YouTube, watching some guy write the problems out on a whiteboard that I've never met before. And they were great. Those, gr those videos were super great. But were they enough? Because the problem is, when you're watching YouTube, it's one directional. They can't see you, and they, so they couldn't see me and critique me if I was missing something. So today we'll see that the Bible has a lot to say about learning from the real living people around us. God wants us to become teachable. But the problem is getting advice from other people doesn't come naturally. And we often try to figure things out on our own. And even when people do give input, it's really hard to be taught. Because to be honest, we don't always want to have the greatest attitude when someone's trying to teach me something. So think about some really high impact areas of your life. So like your marriage relationship, or finances, or your kids disciplining them, finances, handling trouble with problems, anxiety or depression. Why don't we ask for advice more often? What prevents us from doing that? And the Bible has an answer for this. Instead of being eager for input, we tend to dodge the instruction. So one way we tend to do this is we think we're wise in our own eyes, and we don't need instruction. So Proverbs 12:15 says the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Most of the time we tend to just think my approach is the best one and I couldn't possibly be wrong. But this advice calls that perspective foolish. Sometimes we won't get advice because we actually know what the person's gonna say and they might tell us to change our plans. And if we don't ask, then we can just do whatever we wanna do. Proverbs 26.16 says, A sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven people who answer discreetly. So here, a sluggard is a lazy person. So this is saying it's hard to ask for advice. You'd have to come up with questions, schedule time with someone, find someone, and then it's just, honestly, it's easier to just do it myself, right? But some, sometimes we tend to dodge instruction, and then we just flat out ignore it. So Proverbs 13.18 says, Whoever disregards discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. We easily disregard advice. So sometimes people give us input, but we just think, nope, that's not true. Or like in my special case, you don't know what you're talking about. It doesn't apply to me. So we just toss it aside and we forget about it. 
Another way to, we tend to dodge instruction is we resist and harden our hearts. So Proverbs 29.1 says, whoever remains stiff-necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. I'm sure you've met this person. Has anybody ever met this person that no matter what, they don't listen to anything you say, they don't listen to any advice? You know what they're doing is wrong, but they don't want to listen at all. They're determined to go in their own direction. And this verse is saying that the outcome is going to be a disaster. And we have to watch out, because any one of us can become hard-hearted and resistant. And the reasons might be that we actually just don't want to change what we're doing. You don't want to take an honest look at ourselves, and if I push, a, push the advice away and then push the people away, then I can just keep doing what I'm doing. I don't have to change anything. One final aspect of resisting instruction is to scorn or mock it. So Proverbs 13.13 13 says, Whoever scorns instruction will pay for it, but whoever respects a command is rewarded. So here to scorn advice, it just goes beyond just the rejection of it. It's mocking the person who gave it and insulting the advice altogether. So this, this is someone who's 0% open to instruction and their ears are just completely closed. So along these lines, we're gonna, we're gonna watch a video from, uh, anybody seen Surf's Up? I hadn't actually seen this movie until this. Um, so there's a younger surfer, and he's trying to learn how to carve a surfboard from an older surfer. Surfer, And the, older guy, the younger guy really struggles with being teachable. So let's watch this. This is a dream come true. This is a dream come true, here to be here with Zeke, doing this. And it's coal wood, which all the best boards are made from coal wood. All right, now, I drew this pattern as a guide. Now, do you want to have your board with a lot of rocker or just a little? Uh, I don't know. I guess I'd oh, like... What you, what you want is something in between, trust me. I'm the expert here, okay? Okay. So, um, here are your shaping tools. Now, remember, the board's already inside there, see, somewhere. And what you're doing is you're trying to find it. I'll reveal it. Okay. Okay. All right. Every carp counts. Why are you smiling? Don't smile. I'm not, I'm not smiling. I'm just, you know, I'm excited. This isn't like hacking a piece of ice. You know, it takes patience and finesse. All right already. I'm trying. Can you just give me the tools, please? Sheesh. All right, here, take it. Hey, okay. Go ahead. Thank you. Here we go. What are you doing? You... Look, if you're going to do it, you do it right. All right, look. First of all, with the grain. With the grain. You see what I'm doing here? You let the tool do the work, you see? Just like you're riding a wave, you let the wave do the work. You don't fight the wave. You can't fight these big waves, Cub. Long strokes, loads of finesse. Find the board within the tree. Nice and easy. Yeah, I got it. See that, you just, just. Maybe I can do it now, okay? With, with the, can I do it now? Can I do it now? <laughs> yeah, my bad. <clears throat> Got carried away. Sorry about that. It's your board. It's my board. Okay, with the grain. I got it. Don't so, forget to eyeball it. I got it. Once in a while. Okay, long strokes with the grain. Not too long. <sighs> Here we go.
You're doing it wrong. Will you just, will you just, will you just let me, I can't, I, no finesse when you're in my face, okay? Just let me make the board. Do you want my help? Do I, no, I don't want your help. I don't want your help. Oh, you don't want my I help? I don't want your help. Oh, okay. Right, fine. fine. I just want to make my board. Build the board yourself, man, all right? Thank fine. you, thank you. I don't care what the board looks like. You're the one who's got to write it. Fine, I'll, thank you. It's in there somewhere, go find it. I want to walk over there, please, please. Don't cut yourself. <laughs> Has anyone felt that? Where you're just like, just leave me alone, I can do it. Uh, so I actually have a personal story of when I kind of did what that guy did. Um, so my wife and I are gearing up for getting married. So food is a big deal at a wedding, right? So that's a, it's a big part of it. You gotta, you know, you want to feed your guests good food. So Wesley and I are talking and we're like, we want breakfast burritos. And when I say we wanted them, I wanted them. So <laughs> I really wanted breakfast burritos at the wedding. And so her mom though was like, guys, I think you should go with like a Stonefire kind of place because you know, they're cheap, they, you know what food you're gonna get, you know they're good, and Stonefire's good. But no, we wanted, I wanted breakfast burritos. <laughs> so we find this local place with no reviews on Yelp. No one's heard of it. It's just this local place, so we tell them what it's for. And they bring out these great burritos, and they were good. They were really good, right? Fast forward to our wedding, though. The burritos show up. And like, you know, a good burrito, it was like half the size that we had with missing ingredients, and there was not that many of them. So they were like, uh, is this even going to feed all of our guests? So it's a, it's a very sore topic for Wesley and I. <laughs> so, but lesson learned, we should have gone with Stonefire. We definitely should have gone with Stonefire. <laughs> So everyone here is capable of being teachable, and we're all able, we're just not always willing. So many people often refuse to learn from others, and they just try to deal with their problems by themselves, and they try to figure out life by themselves. But if we want to make the most of life, we really don't have time to learn everything on our own. So to better wrap our minds around this concept of teachability, so let's look at some of the blessings that come from being teachable. So one blessing is a good long life with many good days. So Proverbs 3.1 says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. There's a kind of peace and well-being that only comes from wisdom. And this verse doesn't promise a trouble-free life, but it does say that we can experience good and well-being despite the ups and downs of life. We can stack up many good days when we carefully follow God's instruction. Another blessing is that my, t my plans will turn out well. So Proverbs 15:22 says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Has anyone ever made a bad decision? Things just really turned out not the way you wanted? We often feel so confident, like I was with those burritos, <laughs> so sure of our plans, but they fail due to lack of counsel. And we need not just one, but we need many advisors. The bigger the decision, the more important it is to get input from a handful of people. Another blessing is to avoid financial trouble and disgrace. Proverbs 13:18 says, whoever disregards discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. Financial trouble often comes when we're closed off to input. And if the finances aren't coming together, it'd be a good idea to get advice because maybe there's something that's just blocking you that you just can't see. Finally, 
wisdom to navigate life. So Proverbs 19.20 says, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. So notice in this verse, it says two things. It says we have to listen to the advice, but then we have to accept it. So listening to advice is hard enough, but then accepting it and changing your plans or your direction, that's even harder. But if we humbly redirect ourselves on the input, this verse says that we'll gain much needed wisdom to navigate life well. So I've gotten a lot of in, uh, input from Bruce and from my father-in-law. So these are two guys that I really respect and trust their input. Um, so one of the things that one of these mentors told me was uh, my personality is I, I have a hard time of forgiving right away. I, I've got a lot of pride working on it. Uh, but so I, for, I, I tend to not forgive and I tend to just want to hold on to the offense. So one of the, some input that I got was um, that I needed to look at how how God forgave me through Christ, and if he can forgive me through Christ, then I need to forgive without any input from the other person. So I don't need to wait for a sorry or an acknowledgement of the wrongdoing. I just need to forgive right away. And again, I'm still working on this, because it's not easy. It's very hard to do. But hearing this input and then applying it, it really has made me a better husband to my wife. So getting input from others, it really helps. <laughs> But how does it work? How do we gain in wisdom and, instru and instruction in life? In the Bible, it says there's three main channels for wisdom. And the first is the most fun. It's pain and discipline. Isn't that fun? <laughs> Anybody like pain? <laughs> so we've all learned by making mistakes. And if you like the pain, you can learn a lot from this method. So in, <laughs> in Proverbs 3, 11 through 12, it says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. So in this verse, the word for discipline in Hebrews is pronounced musar, I'm pretty sure. That's how you pronounce it at least. Chast which means chastisement, reproof, warning, or instruction. And it's from the root yasar, which means to instruct literally with blows or figuratively with words. So it's pretty intense. So when you feel beat up in life or you're hurting from bad decisions, it really feels like you're taking a beating. And this is definitely different than the instruction you get in a classroom. It's a lot more painful. But this is a major tool that God uses to develop wisdom in his people. And many times, we don't even realize that God is using a painful, painful situation to train us. It's really hard to remember in the moment of the suffering to stop and ask, Wait, is there a lesson I should be learning this? Is God trying to teach me something here? What's the reason behind this suffering? Because if we're honest, the first thing we want when we experience suffering is just for it to be done and to just move past it and get through it. And we, we think nothing good can come from this. God's discipline and reproof is instruction with a corrective edge to it. It's similar to what like a coach would give. Correct, correction feels like a beating but the Bible says it's the main pipeline for learning wisdom and how life works. Have you ever felt beat up after talking with your problems over with a wise person? This happens to me. You go to this person, you're looking for some affirmation and encouragement, but they give you a lot of challenge instead. <laughs> this happens all the time with, again, with Bruce, my father-in-law. And, uh, but I, to be honest, I'm, ex I'm so grateful for my father-in-law especially because he's really helped me grow as a godly man. He's provided a ton of guidance through challenging me, but then also just 
being with him and around him and seeing how he operates in life, how he treats his family, how he treats his kids, it really has benefited me a lot to just be with him and learn from him. And we all, we all need a good amount of encouragement, but we will grow based on how we respond to the correction. And when I get corrected, it definitely hurts. I don't like it. <laughs> it hurts my pride for sure. And we can, re we can react against this correction or we can receive it and then consider it. These verses are speaking to coaching and training <clears throat> that God wants us to give us because he loves us. God's really not sitting up there with his arms crossed just looking down saying, you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong. He really does love us and wants good for us. And he trains us like a good father would train his son. We can experience less pain and discipline if we become more open in our lives and input from, others, from two other sources. We get coaching from God's word and from God's people. So in sports, a coach examines an athlete's form and technique. So like this guy, the golfer, when you're swinging a golf club, you can't see what you're doing wrong, but your coach can. So that's, that's why it's helpful to get input from an outside perspective. They can give you critical input that allows you to exceed far beyond your own personal abilities because they can see it from an outside perspective. And just like athletes need coaching, we need coaching in life. Because my advisors can see things that I can't see. Sometimes I'm too deep in the problem to even see the problem clearly anymore. And because my coaches have a lot more experience in handling life's problems, they can help me avoid enduring the same problem over and over. But it does take a lot of humility to own up to a problem. It's not natural to let others in. And it took me a while, and I'm still learning how to do this, to ask questions. It's hard to admit that you need help from someone other than yourself. So that's why the second channel for wisdom is wise people. Through the church, God provides wise people for us to learn from. People who have walked with God for longer, and they're a great help. God's word says this in Proverbs 13, 20. says, he who walks with the wise becomes wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. So who are the people that you spend the most time with? The people that you talk over your problems with? These are the people that will influence you. And this verse is a warning. It says if you surround yourself with unwise people, problems will flow. But if you keep bringing wise people into your life and into your decisions, blessings will flow. So consider this for a moment. Who are the wise people in my life? And by this I mean, who has a good grasp on the Bible and what it says, and they're spiritually mature? They have practice applying God's word, and you can see it in the way that they live. You can see it in their lives and their families, their health. They walk in blessing. So if you want, you can jot down a few names, if anybody came to your mind. So again, it could be like pastors or parents, siblings, friends, other teachers you have. These people are kind of like unused gift cards. Does anybody currently own a, an unused gift card that has value on it and you've just lost it or it's sitting in a drawer somewhere? Half of Americans have because there's three billion, that's with a B, billion dollars per year goes unused and wasted on gift cards. All that money just sitting there in a glove box or in a closet <laughs> somewhere you have no idea where it is, just unused. Wise people are kind of like the gift cards. They have really good things to share with you, so there's a lot of value there. There's rich in, they're rich in wisdom, 
but maybe you're just not taking advantage of their wisdom because you're not asking them questions. And maybe the reason why is you don't even know what questions to ask. And I think that's normal. So here's a few categories to think through. So what are some of my current challenges or problems? What's a relationship that's strained? Any decisions you need to make? Or plans or purchases you're considering? So some ideas related to this maybe have come to mind. Some problems, plans, or decisions. Has anyone, have you opened up to anyone about these? Any wise people? Because it's amazing the number of huge, life-changing decisions that we make without talking to a single person about it. Let alone what the, like, what the Bible says, many advisors. Because it, it's very hard to break out of the, I'll just do whatever makes sense to me, the approach in life. So when you get time with your coaches, it's time to receive their coaching. So sometimes we're around godly men who have life-giving advice, but when they give the advice, we just don't take it seriously. So here's a few examples from sports. <clears throat> so like this does not look like she wants to listen to what the coach says. <laughs> she's looking away. This next photo looks like he's kind of trying to pull away from the coach as he's maybe yelling at him, giving, <laughs> giving him some input. I mean, definitely does not look like he wants input from his coach there. <laughs> and this last picture, same thing. I don't think he's ready to receive help or input. <laughs> And I have to admit, sometimes I feel like that. When I receive advice, I really have to wrestle with the, who are you to tell me what to do? Or you might do things that way, but my life's different. It doesn't apply to me. Because taking input does not come naturally. But in, so instead of pulling away or ignoring it, we need to lean into it. So like this guy, all, everybody's leaning around the coach, looking for his input, looking for his guidance. They, they're leaning into him. And we need to seek out godly coaches and then lean into their input. We need to engage what they're saying and then work it into our lives. We can make the most of our problems when we own up to them and we seek guidance. Sometimes we feel victim, victimized when trouble falls on us. And perhaps through coaching, I discover that maybe I had a little bit more of a part of the pain that I'm experiencing than I thought. The final channel for wisdom here is God's word. So for us to grow and move past repeating the same mistakes over and over, we need to think differently. We need God's help and we need his wisdom. So Psalm 19.7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. And the way we tap into God's wisdom is not merely by gaining more knowledge. We need his correction. So there's a promise in, in Proverbs. It shows how being open to God's correction and coaching, it gives us insight. So Proverbs 1.23 says, If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Wisdom's approach to developing us is correction first. Then the principles and reasons follow. And God wants to provide his coaching through his word and his Holy Spirit. The Bible deals with very specific everyday stuff. It can correct us on a lot of different things. Skewed perspectives, laziness, addictive behavior, worry, fear, really all kinds of things. So to wrap up today, we'll look at some possible next steps. So you might want to memorize Proverbs 15.22, which this says, plans fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. 
This is a very helpful verse to remember. Or you might spend time with God and seek wisdom for something you're currently dealing with. Through prayer and the word, you can find places in the Bible that deal specifically with what you're dealing with. And if you're not sure where to find that, you can ask somebody to help you, you know, kind of point you in the right direction. The next thing is you could set up some time with a wise person and come prepared with the questions. So you could write the questions ahead of time and then schedule the time with that person and meet with them. I really have learned that the only shortcut in life is to be teachable. There was a time when I thought there was a great opportunity for my wife to be very teachable. I don't even remember honestly what we were talking about. All I remember is thinking like while we were talking, I was very right and she was very wrong. And as it turned out, luckily we had group that night. So we had group with our you know, people that we trust and further along in life than us. So we, we, we agreed, okay, let's end the conversation now. We'll take it to group and we'll get their input and we'll talk to them about it. So when we get to group, I'm so confident. I go in there and I'm like, guys, I need you to help prove me right. I got a story for you, let's, you know, time to, time to be right. So I'm, I'm talking about it and at the end, everyone's just kind of looking at me and like kind of shaking their head a little bit. I'm like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> they, they all were like, Zach, you're so wrong. You're so wrong here. It was, it was very, very humbling. And uh, when I so when I rely only on myself, I experience greater pain and trouble. But when I'm open to instruction from God's word and God's people, it really, truly has been life-giving. It really is a shortcut around all kinds of trouble and a shortcut to greater blessing. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to gather today and worship you on a Sunday. Lord, I pray that you would use the words that I said, and I pray that you would help us all humble ourselves and have an open heart for instruction, and that we would seek out wise people in, in our church and ask for help, and that we would really make this a priority to be teachable. In Jesus' name, amen.